Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. My next guest is a Boston native and son of a licensed financial consultant mother and the, and the son of the legendary Boston Celtics player, Joe Joe White. He was instilled with the importance of both sports and education throughout his childhood. He studied political science, psychology, and theater at Dartmouth College. He is currently starring in Ambitions, a new nighttime drama from producer my man, Will Packer, did two movies with him and Oprah Winfrey on the OWN Networks is premiering this June. He's surrounded by an all-star cast that includes my girl Robin Gibbons, did a couple of sitcoms with her on ABC, Essen Atkins, that's my girl from WB and UPM. The series tells the, tells the tale of two high-powered African-American families that clash and connect professionally and romantically in the hot Atlanta. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man, Brian White. <laughs> hey, brother, how are you? Thank you for having me on. Well, first of all, thank you, man. Let's 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 talk about uh, where you at right now. You you uh you you sitting at the house. You 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 acting on some set. Yeah. What what's going on, man? What's where you at? Yeah, right now I'm at the house. We we getting some work done. Um, getting ready to uh, head out on the road and promote ambitions. We're getting ready to go to Miami. I'm bringing my family with me. My wife's family. She's from Argentina. Some of her family lives in Miami, so we're bringing my daughter so they can meet them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just celebrate. Uh, Life being good. Well, you know, Argentina, uh, man, that's that's, that's that's the, that's a lot of good eating. Meat, 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 meat. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of seafood, a lot of seafood down there. Yeah, absolutely. So when you when you start looking at your career, I well, go through your resume and I, I put your father's name, Jojo White. And um, being a sports fan, being a person of African-American uh, descent, Rashawn McDonald, that's me, uh, Jojo White, Watching him succeed in the climate of Boston, watching him succeed on a, a basketball uh, team like the Boston Celtics, what was that like? Because for me, it was important because he was a, a successful African American, succeeding against the odds and succeeding in an environment that that, I, that that made me feel that I could make it too. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it was uh, very educational. Uh, it, it was also very challenging because my parents were divorced uh, when I was four. Mm-hmm. Um, I was close with my dad, but I lived in, and was raised by my mom. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, I when I wasn't with my father, I was a, a witness. You know, mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. a fan watching on TV the mm-hmm. life that was happening. But I, I was very aware of it because 
he was not living in Boston uh, in my in my like teen years, but he was always in the Boston papers. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And in my, you know, when I was eight, nine, ten, still he's still playing, and and uh, you know, I'm aware of everything he's doing, but I just can't see him as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we didn't have, uh, we weren't texting all day the way we are now. There were, were right. there wasn't video, so <laughs> right. you know, if there was a window, you know, half hour a day when Dad was free on the phone, when I was free on a hard line phone, then we mm-hmm. could talk, but that wasn't often. So um, I learned how this kind of lifestyle that I'm in now works and, and how it can work better uh, when, uh, with the knowledge that I have of what you know, can potentially be done using technology to make sure that my daughter uh, has a, an even better experience than maybe my siblings and I did with the, with the challenges of, of distance. And um, by the same token, I learned uh, all the great ways my dad uh, maneuvered through space. I learned through his, his lessons. He uh, was in the 68 Pan Am Games and in the 69 Olympics. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, that's the Black Gov Olympics. Mm-hmm. The movie Glory Road is about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things I learned from my godfather, Red Arback, um, you know, telling my dad to not get on that podium, don't... Uh, let your fans know about your politics and your opinions before you've won them some trophies. Uh, they don't care. <laughs> he right. made that very clear to his number one draft pick in, mm-hmm. in uh, 1969 that, that that's something that he should not do. So you'll notice my father is absent from the, the, the glove being raised celebration and instead is celebrating with his teammates the moment and not making it more than that. Um, and, and, you know, recognizing his place and his position and, and always being uh, happy to be a part of something positive is, is a, a, an asset that my father definitely demonstrated and passed on to me as, as something that's very valuable. Congratulations, because guess what? Uh, what I, Thank you. You know, because guess what? What individuals do when you have so few role models, and, you know, back then, you know, you have a lot of role models because of social media, because uh, of media, because of the way the system works nowadays that, relationships can be expanded on and back then you were limited on who you can talk to limited on how you can talk to him and where you can go and because of the fact that he was featured in a market and boston had a lot of success with a lot of african-american talent but he was definitely in a market that was uh, perceived to be not favorable to african-americans and uh, he exceeded himself he showed is, yeah very much so and what he what i think of the lesson at the you know when i look at the when i reflect from now in hindsight what dad didn't do is he, he didn't talk a lot. He walks off and carried a big stick. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning of his career, he came in hungry to prove himself as worthy of the number right. one draft pick. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, you know, they got a ring, um, he started the JoJo White Growth League and his foundations and mm-hmm. started the speaking tours yes, and started doing the things with red support at that point that were quote unquote appropriate. And just what it taught me was a lot with the social media era where everybody leads with how great they are when, you know, they, they haven't really accomplished anything. And instead, instead of being great, they're worried about being famous or be, being recognized for that greatness. And, and that's the opposite of the approach that I was shown and demonstrated uh, by my father and, and the, 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 the approach that I try to apply to my craft currently, which seems to be the opposite of, <laughs> you know, the, the motto or the credo. Well, or not the really, not really, because every role you play, I watch your, your career, I know your career is your, 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 dignity, is strength, uh, you're articulate, you're a good-looking guy, uh, and you always come across as a strong, a, str- a strong, independent person, and no matter how extreme your characters are. 
And uh, I just wanted mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk about your father. We're going to move on, but I want to just bring up the fact that we was referencing his dad, the legendary Boston Celtic star, uh, Jojo White, and how the impact he played on the community as a player and also on his, in his personal life. But more importantly, when I look at your yeah. characters that you play now, it explains a little bit about you know your your physicality. It also explains your daringness, you know, because one of the favorite characters that you that I recently saw you play was uh, on Ray Donovan, and uh, and, uh, <laughs> and how do you prepare for a crazy character like that? I, well, I'll let you in on a couple secrets. David Hollander, uh, the creator of Ray Donovan, uh, gave me the opportunity in season one to to join the show, uh-huh. and. Uh, as season one went on, we had a lot of fun, and he came to me and he said, hey, you really seem to get the black comedy that is Ray Donovan. And I said, that's how I saw it, you know, when I made my audition tape. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's very dark, but there's an underbelly of humor mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in a lot that they do. As dark as it gets, you have to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, all right, exactly. So I have some things in mind for season two. and right. Uh, you know, just so, are you open to play and to go with me if I get pretty crazy? And I said, absolutely, man, I'll be a huckleberry. And, uh, you know, he came back to me over the summer and said, uh, we don't have a lot of, he actually said this, he said, we don't have a lot of writers of color on the staff, and, mm-hmm. and they don't have any. And he said, we'd like to, you know, I would never uh, uh, be so outlandish as to try to create the dialogue for you in this type of uh, arc, and I'd like your input. I'd like you to help us. And uh, so we did a table read with all six, with six scripts at a time, you usually do one. And I got a chance to read them and submit some, some feedback, some basic feedback, some thoughts uh, to them that they then incorporated uh, to help shape some of my dialogue. And it was uh, really uh, an honor and a privilege that's, you know, uncommon to be involved at all. And it helped me prepare for and be aware of what was to come uh, and try to help ground it uh, a little bit more because it was, it was outlandish. But, you know, Pooch and I and Donald Faison coming out of season one wanted to try to take this and, and run with it and make it as entertaining <laughs> and as thought-provoking and as conversational, like a uh, conversation inspiring as possible. So hopefully, you know, it was, it was taken with, with all that, laughed with and, and thought about and, uh, you know, fueled a lot of conversations about a lot of what John Voight was saying, why, uh, how life is for people of color like Pooch in not only a black world, but the black man mm-hmm. inside that family. It's a microcosm of the world. How Absolutely. can he be Absolutely. on equal footing when his father feels like that? Right. Um, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that we wanted to, that we sat at dinner and lunch and talked about trying to make people think about um, as they laughed at some of the things that that, uh, that my character and his character were talking about and saying to each other. And it was saying a lot. And that, I, I think I, I enjoyed the most because Pooch, his character, we talked about the show, one of the shows you starred in uh, on Showtime's Ray Donovan. Um, and the character was a, this, this high-profile actor. And... Um, he uh, wanted him to play this role, and um, they did something very. Uh, <laughs> they they saved him because he he kind of his character kind of lost his mind one day, and they because uh, <laughs> it was a samurai sword, and uh, they come in the house. He crying, he crying, you know, <laughs> and they uh, and they they, they, they they cover for him. And so I don't want to give away the show, even they should go back and see it. But uh, his character is one of the dynamic characters that play. And the thing about it is that when I looked at your resume, 
And I and I kept going. I've seen them on this. I've seen them on this, and I've seen them on this. Now the show that we want to talk about coming up on on on, on premiering this month, specifically on June 18th, is called Ambitions. I know I got a short window, yeah. about a minute left in this break, and we got ten minutes coming up in the next break. Just set it up real quick, and then we're gonna go in more details when we come back. All right, Ambitions created by our executive produced by Will Packer, created by Jamie Gideons, brought to you by Oprah Winfrey on OWN, uh, is basically a modern-day Game of Thrones. It's about five powerful families all vying for the land. In this case, the land is Atlanta. You have the Purifoys, the billionaire white pharmaceutical giant family. You have the Carlisles, which is my family, blue-collar black folks, Atlanta. I've made my way up. Um, I'm now the mayor of Atlanta. I've married into Black Wealth, the three-generational black billionaire family, was wealthy in Black Wall Street and before it and after it and kept their wealth after the government stole it there you go. and now have even more. There you and go. We're going to bring the rest back on this next break. We'll be right back with my man, Brian White. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversations on the phone for, with me today on my show, Money Making Conversations. is a very, very talented actor, Brian White. Uh, he's discussing uh, the new show that's on own. It's uh, produced by Will Packer. It's called Ambitions, and it's based in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, you was wrapping up some a little bit more tidbits about the show before we had to go to break. Let's go and continue to do your thing, my friend. Yeah, all I said is it's like Game of Thrones, modern day, five families vying for the land. In this case, Atlanta, you have the the Purifoys, billionaire white family, um, pharmaceutical dynasty, uh, the Carlisles, which is uh, uh, Robin Givens' family, black mm-hmm. billionaires were wealthy mm-hmm. before Wall Street, still mm-hmm. wealthy after the government took their money. Mm-hmm. Me, my family, the Lancasters, middle class. Uh, I married into wealth. I'm the governor. Uh, I'm, excuse me, the mayor of Atlanta. See, I'm mm. ambitious. Mm. Um, the Trujillos, <laughs> Mexican American, striving. They're blue collar family, uh, looking to elevate in one generation. And then the Hughes. Uh, they are middle class lawyers, um, elevating up to white collar as they have taken big jobs and moved to Atlanta. And, and uh, Essence Atkins is one of the Hughes, and she is the sorority sister of Robin Givens, my wife, and they have a sordid history. So that's the uh, that's the playing field. Game of Thrones tone is the backdrop. Makes in some uh, Melrose Place, some Dallas and Dynasty, uh, <laughs> with a little empire and uh, some power for good measure. And, and you have ambition. Oh, okay, now, now you threw out power. Now that's that's some gangster stuff about to go. There's gonna be some killing going on on this show now. They kill on gang. They hey, kill man, on power you know, now. Not not everybody's gonna make it. <laughs> well, nobody. Not all of them made it on Game of Thrones either, my friend. So uh, when, when, hey, when you, you know when you walk into a show like this and uh, you you see there are so many layers and you playing a mayor, are you are you going to say uh, are you looking at a character you already know? Or are you looking to develop that character for this particular show? We're talking about ambitions that is on premiering on the own network in June. Talk about that character development. Three tier answer. Mm-hmm. Three-tier answer. I worked as a surrogate for Barack Obama. I worked as a surrogate for Eric Garcetti. I, I took notes as to you know how the process worked uh, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, secondarily, I, I worked with Kevin uh, Arcady, our showrunner, and Sheila Duxworth, uh, the head of television for Will Packer TV on a show called Media two years ago for TV One, where I played a character that was running for the mayor right, of Atlanta. We right, did a lot of research. We right. shot in Atlanta down mm-hmm. there. Had a lot of lunches with a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And, and then Will and uh, Sheila came to me with this project uh, with an offer. Um, and uh, about 30 minutes after 
after I had fainted, I woke up on the floor with them still on the phone line and um, <laughs> asked them to send me the script so I could actually read this this role because you never get an offer right. uh, on a job. You know, it's always a thousand auditions, but on this one, I was very blessed to be asked to come to the party. Uh, I was on the guest list, and uh, and we we really started developing it further from what they you know they gave me notes on what we had done previously, what we had talked about, and uh, you know started from there and built. And that's true. That's really true. Like as I've been a, a writer, a producer, I've done some acting, stand-up comic, and when they, when he, when they call and ask you, that is always a different feel because you're always in the hustle, you're always in the grind, you're always going into the room competing against so many people. So when that, so you say you you know the call came to you, the offer came to you. What what was running through your mind when they were offering you and you and, and after they pitched the, the the bigness of the series? Well, the first thought was I need to get a towel because all these tears on my face. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just sometimes it can get really hard and discouraging. So to get uh, positive affirmations or encouragement from friends and, and powerful industry folks like Will and, and Sheila, who are dear, dear, dear friends who we worked mm-hmm. together before, but they can't hire you for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, when they can come to you with something great. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh it's it's liberating. It's empowering. It's validating. It's it's you know all those things that you shouldn't need. Mm-hmm. And you know we really affirmation affirmation don't need. You know it feels good to get them. And well, uh, so that particular day, I just remember feeling really good. And well, uh, you know really uh, that I, I had to get to work and work harder on this because mm-hmm. for some reason I'm being given a blessing, which means you know to move those. Whom much who much is given, much is required, <laughs> yes, and uh, so you know I, I got to work. Cool. Now, how does social media play a, play a role in your life? You know, how does it? Because uh, we talked about that. You just said, hey, when your dad was around, there was no social media. You know, landlines. So now you are mm-hmm. uh, you have a family, you have a career. I see yep. you on social media. Yeah. How does it play out? Well, you know, How if you, you follow it? me, which you do, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I use social media to do two things, celebrate my family mm-hmm. and uh, promote my jobs. You know, mm-hmm. the producers tell me what to show, you know, and, and, and what I can give me the materials mm-hmm. to talk about what, what's uh, what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I really try to affect the world positively and celebrate my family. So, you know, show you know what we're doing, how we're doing it, and then, and, 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 you know, silently give examples and, 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 you know, be a role model like my dad was. He didn't talk a lot, but, uh, you know, he gave a great example always, 100% of the time, and that's one of the things I think I can do with social media and try to do. Just understand this, Brian. He affected me, okay? And I always say that uh, those, little, those, are little, those are little moments that in your life you need encouragement, you need, you need the, the option to be able to say, yes, I can. He did that for me. And so I noticed you're doing that with two charities. One is called Helping Hands. Uh, it's a Helping Hands Celebrity Weekend. That's in St. Thomas and Black Carpenter. Please explain those to me. Uh, well, Black Carpenter and uh, Helping Hands are, are foundations that I've had over the years that have evolved into our new uh, pursuit, which is Black is called Black. It's a, a retooling or reimagining of Black Carpenter, which is a youth development platform. Black stands for, the acronym stands for Be Lucid About Cultural Knowledge. Um, and the idea is if you know where you came from, nobody can take that power uh, away from you. And uh, in this day and age, as I watch the government try to erase you know, stuff like I mentioned Black Wall Street, right. one of the things that Will and I talked about was 
um, the, the Carlisle family in ambitions is so important because we have never seen any family like this on television, and they exist in the mm-hmm. world. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is this family was rich before Black Wall Street. In yeah. our current textbooks in schools, Black Wall Street isn't talked about. It doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. Um, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma is where a Wall Street like the New York Stock Exchange existed 100% owned by black folks mm-hmm. um, back in the 30s. The United States came in and bombed and burned the town in a partnership. The U.S. government, in a partnership with the KKK, came into that town and burned and took all the money. Some folks were able to keep their certificates and their money and get out. This story directly translates to one of those families now being rich down in Atlanta, mm. all being lawyers and controlling the state of Georgia and the United States and playing politics on that, you know, Trumpian global, you know, sometimes dirty level that that we see ourselves as outsiders too. Right. But there there are plenty of us inside the game. This is one of those stories and to my knowledge the first one ever told on national television. Uh, by black producers and writers. So uh, I'm excited. You know, not all characters see things that way. My character is blue-collar raised, but he's right. an independent. Right. He's the mayor of Atlanta. We don't say he's Republican. We don't say he's Democrat. <laughs> you know, I'm saying he's independent, and right. he is very much like James Brown. Uh, people also haven't seen a character like him right. outwardly speak about his politics behind those closed doors in public. He won't. He'll say whatever gets him the votes. But behind the closed doors in this show, you're going to hear his real thoughts. Right. Example: gentrification, if it's done by black-owned companies, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you brought up HBCUs. We're sending kids to HBCUs to be more educated than their parents, to make more money than the generation that came behind them. So, if they go off to school in some other state and come back with more money and buy a house and elevate the property value, that's gentrification. That is a good thing. That's not how we currently think about it because we haven't, as people of color, been in the positions to do that over the last few generations. (laughs) It's always been white people that have gone out and made more money than us that, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. But, it's called you know, property on a grand value. Scale, if, mm-hmm. if Nas and Jay-Z decided to go back to Marcy Projects where they're both from and buy it and then let all the tenants in the building buy their units from them so they own them and no longer rent, that shifts an entire generation. Is that a bad thing? Because that's gentrification just like Furious Styles talked about in Boys in the Hood. And that's one of the things that Evan Lancaster wants to talk about through OWN so that people start talking about it again and recognize people like Marshawn Lynch in Oakland and doing just that. The mm-hmm. football player for the Raiders. Absolutely. Buying up homes and then reselling them mm-hmm. so the that black families can now be in power in, in lower income neighborhoods and those incomes, be, lower income neighborhoods become middle class, just like Nipsey Hussle was trying to do. Mm-hmm. My man, we're, we're talking to Brian yeah. White, the star of the new series on the OWN Network that premieres this month, particularly, specifically on June 18th. It's called Ambitions. He plays one of the major characters, the mayor, an independent mayor. Five generations of family. <laughs> He's proclaimed it to be the Game of Thrones. And, it, it. and it has been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you something. It really, I really appreciate you getting on the call with us today. It's one thing they said. You just landed a new movie. You can't give the details, but I should ask you about it. Can you give me some, some background on this new movie that you just landed, brother? Uh, well, there's a new movie coming out that I can mention to you. It's called Dear Frank. Okay. I co-directed it. Okay. Uh, starring myself, Columbus Short, Claudia Jordan, uh, Nick Turturro, uh, Lil Durk, and uh, and co-directed by Josh Weber 
and um, it's a murder mystery. Okay. Uh, my character and Claudia's character is married for 25 years on yes, our vow renewal ceremony date yes, at the church. At our, uh, after the church ceremony at our house, she drops dead. Um, I'm cleaning out the house, packing up boxes. Columbus, my brother, is a cop, comes over, uh, says you need to clean out everything of hers. Um, I find a diary when I'm cleaning out the stuff and find out she has been cheating on me all 25 years. And everybody in that diary is a suspect. And I go interrogate him one at a time, following the clues like a trail of breadcrumbs. And I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I might have to kill a few people in this movie uh, and get some answers and find yeah. out what happened. It's a, it's a dark thriller, uh, somewhat it. comedic, definitely dramatic, called <laughs> Dear Frank. And it'll be in theaters in November. Well, you, you got to come back, Brian. You got to come back. Again, we're talking to Brian White. Great series. Good friends, Sheila Duckworth. That's my girl, Brian. Oh, Brian Willpacker. You know that's my boy. Please check out the new series called Ambitions on the OWN Network.